0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash Bluewire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Blue Wire.
2: The Chicago Bulls select Kobe White. Levine with the runway! Lazy!
3: Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast around the Blue Wire Network. I'm Ricky O'Donnell. As always, I'm here with Jason Pat. We're taking your questions today on a special episode on the Locker Room app. We're going to be talking about the current state of the Bulls. We'll be talking about uh, the NBA playoffs. Obviously, a lot going on right now. Uh, the 76ers have advanced. They win that series in five games against the Wizards. Joel Embiid doesn't play uh, in game five at all. He didn't play in the second half of game four either. Diagnosed with a torn meniscus. Uh, that totally throws the Sixers into flux. Uh, they're listing Embiid as day-to-day, but you know we'll see if he can return at all. Uh, during the series, Jason, that is definitely a significant injury. Uh, The Knicks, their series is over. A feel-good season for the Knicks ends in five games to the Hawks. A lot of people thought the Knicks would be able to win that series. I thought the Knicks would be able to win that series, but the Hawks just dominated from the jump. Julius Randle ends the series shooting 29% from the field over the five games. Just a brutal stretch for Julius Randle, and the Knicks are, you know, it's still, I think, a good season for the Knicks, but Man, I think that this series really exposed some of the realities of roster construction and the difficulties they're going to have, you know, making another jump up from here. And then just touching on a couple of the other games from last night, the Jazz advance four to one. They finish off the Grizzlies 126-110 and maybe the best series going on right now, for my money, Dallas versus the Clippers. Another brilliant Luka game, 42 points. I said that feels like he is the best player in the world right now in this series, uh, I think there's a few other guys who could also make a claim to that distinction, but Luca has just been unreal against the Clippers. Clippers, uh, fall and now the Mavs are up three to two in that series. So a lot going on around the league, Jace, pretty quiet for the Bulls, but, uh, you know, they're heading into a super important off season. So, uh, just, just a busy time in the NBA right now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, just the fact that the, uh, Clippers and Lakers both down three to two right now. Both could be done. Uh, would be absolutely crazy. Uh, just, I mean, again, campaign killing it again for the Suns, which is wild. The the, the Mavs Clippers game yesterday was awesome. The we had the Blazers Nuggets just absolute ridiculous game the other night with Damian Lillard going off, uh, but the the Blazers weren't able to win fifty five points from Dame. They wasn't enough because his teammates totally sucked down the stretch. Uh, we didn't even mention uh, Jimmy Butler and the Heat went out really sad. Jimmy was awful in that series, so they were absolutely brutal. You mentioned the Knicks stuff already. Uh, it was kind of a bummer watching them. I think we both tried to talk ourselves into the Knicks, and they just uh, <coughs> wasn't really happening for them. Their offense was awful. The Hawks, the, the Hawks looked like the team that beat the Bulls' ass on opening night when we had this great. Uh, we were all excited for opening night, and we were doing the whole thing on locker room, and then the Hawks beat the Bulls by like forty. That's what they've kind of looked like the in these last whatever three games. They just beat the Knicks' ass. Uh, Trey Young's been awesome. Trey Young playing the heel at Madison Square Garden, absolutely great. Uh, gotta love that villain stuff. I know that the, the foul hunting can be super annoying, but uh, just love playing up the villain kind of stuff and just embracing that challenge. So that was a lot of fun. Um, and then even looking even past these all these crazy playoff games, which I, this was part of the playoffs. The Celtics lost in five games to the Brooklyn Nets. And then after that, we get Danny Ainge retiring and Brad Stevens taking his job. Like, where the fuck did that come from? Apparently, this has been something Ainge has been looking to do for a while. Uh, the Last couple months, last couple years, he even said after the Howard attack he had in 2019. And then a couple months ago, he went to the Celtics and was like, I'm out. Impressed that didn't leak. But uh, Stevens taking over. I guess just there, Ricky, what, what do you make of Stevens taking that leap from head coach? Because apparently he wasn't loving... Life either uh, as the head coach, and we know the Celtics had a disappointing season. What do you, I, I know, so I know like Stephen A. Smith. I think Kendrick Perkins were like going off on Stevens making that jump right away from head coach to president of basketball operations. Like, does he have that kind of experience and all that, all that kind of stuff? Like, what do you make of that whole thing in Boston?
3: Yeah, I think it definitely puts the Celtics in a really precarious situation, coming off a disappointing year. Uh, they got some major work to do. Now they have the hard part figured out, right? Because they have their franchise superstar in Jason Tatum and they got their second banana in Jalen Brown. And I know that like heading into this offseason, Celtics fans were so frustrated they want to see a major shakeup. If it's me, I mean, unless you're gonna acquire a player like significantly better than those guys, you can't really move off of them, right? Like maybe if you were Rich. gonna trade Jalen Brown for James Harden, but after the year Jalen just had it's tough to move him, especially when I think he's 24 years old. Just awesome. had a really great. Really good. Uh, but the problem is everything else. Right. And the Celtics have been this franchise that has been able to land top tier free agents, not like the A-list guys, but like the B-plus list guys. Let's say they got Gordon Hayward. They got Al Horford. They got Kemba Walker. Well, losing Gordon Hayward for nothing really hurt the Celtics. And you saw the effect Hayward had on the Hornets this year. He's still a really effective player, even if he's not. Uh, you know, the biggest name or the flashiest guy anymore. And then Kemba Walker was supposed to kind of fill that void for them. But Walker had knee trouble the entire year, didn't look like himself, even though his stats were roughly similar. So uh, in terms of Stevens taking over, like I think that just having Tatum and Brown locked up long term puts the franchise in a pretty enviable position compared to a lot of the other organizations around the league. But How do they fill out the rest of that roster? If I'm them, I think you got to do everything you can to get a third star. There's some speculation that Marcus smart could be moved. Uh, maybe that would be a piece that could potentially intrigue the bulls. Uh, I think that it's going to be really tough for Stevens just based on the fact that, you know, how much, like where are his relationships around the league? Like, uh, he doesn't have any experience doing this, obviously. Relationships are a huge part of the job when you have the title of president of basketball operations. It's going to be fascinating to see who he hires as the head coach. So uh, Celtics, it's not like a terrible scenario just because they have Tatum and Brown, but uh, they still got a lot of work to do. And I don't really know what they're going to do with this roster. If I'm them, I think you try to move off Kemba to... Uh, God, Marcus Smart's like the heart and soul of the organization, so it would be tough to move off him, but they really need a third star. So whatever they can do to try to acquire that guy, I think there's a lot of teams, including the Bulls, who are also sort of like in the star shopping business this offseason. Uh, that's what the Celtics are going to be doing to me, and it just puts them in a really tough spot.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And the fact that you bring up Kemba, we've got a question on Twitter. We're going to be answering a bunch of questions you guys, uh, people sent us. Uh, somebody asked us about Kemba and the Bulls. And we have talked about this before, but this is from Kyle McMahon at Kyle34B on Twitter. He said, Celtics may look to trade Kemba. Bad contract, but same timeline as Wooch. Would you trade Sato, Kobe, Aminu, Troy Brown Jr. for Kemba with that injury risk? I believe he has two years, like 70-some million left. I think there's a player option for that second year. And we have talked about the Kemba thing a bit before. I am super weary about those knees, man. I mean, he might be totally shot. He, he did play really well at the end of the season when he finally did get healthy. But, like, he was awful to start the season. It took him a while to, like, get in this groove when he got healthy. And then he just got hurt again in the playoffs. And he wasn't good in the playoffs either. So, like, like obviously Kemba went healthy is a better player than Kobe White. But, like, are you – like, is it worth – Making that taking that risk to take on a guy. I know this was also being talked about in the blog we'll comments how Kemba could easily turn into an Otto Porter situation if you if you give if you make that kind of trade. We're just like he is good when he's healthy, but he's just never healthy, just not effective. So do you, can you take that risk? Like I understand you want to line up maybe with Zach and Vucevic and a, a more win now player, but just like how much more win now is Kemba compared to like Kobe White at this point? Yeah, it's a good question. The thing about
3: Kemba is that his contract aligns with Vuce's, so yeah. he's got two years left, guaranteed he'll be a free agent in the summer of 2023. Uh, it's a big number, $36 million next year, $37.5 million the year after that. Yeah, I mean, if I'm talking about how the Celtics should want to move off Kemba, of course I don't want the Bulls to go after him, but... Uh, you know, the Bulls need to try to find another high-level player. They need another point guard. It's a it's an interesting idea to maybe go get him. But his production has been falling down over the last five years, uh, particularly over the last two years. So, yeah, man, like, I don't think Kemba Walker is going to fix what ails the Bulls. But I'm looking at it like, could they get him without giving up too much? And then... Could they, like, flip him a year from now when he's an expiring deal to try to get an even more impactful player? Like, maybe that's Bradley Beal. Maybe that's someone else. But having his $37 million as an expiring contract, like, that could give you some possibilities to do something with that a year from now if it doesn't work out. I would probably stay away from Kemba, but uh, I could hear an argument for it. If someone wanted to make it,
1: yeah, I would at least. It would definitely not be like my first choice. Like, if the Bulls are in a situation this offseason where maybe they strike out on other options, and you're like getting later in the offseason, and you like, all right, we'll take a shot on Kemba, we'll see how it works. If it fails, we'll try to dump him. Like, obviously, you don't want to get into a spot where you have to like trade draft picks to get him. But I mean, they. I mean, because I've been reading like these, like all these reports came out yesterday, like how Kemba's a negative asset. Like I mean, I guess if the Celtics would trade you a draft, like the Bulls a draft pick along right. with him, and you whatever, you'd have to trade out this salary to to match that salary. Uh, sure, maybe maybe that wouldn't be a bad idea if you can get an extra asset out of it. I know we're talking here about trading, basically a bunch of salary ballots, and then Kobe would be one. Like, I mean, good player involved there, but uh, that could at least be interesting. But again, I don't think that that would be my first choice ultimately because I mean, Kemba used to be really good. I mean, just a couple years ago. Still pretty good. He still has his moments, but you just those knees seem like they're just big, big trouble at this point. Let's move on. We got a bunch of other questions here. And a lot of them obviously are just about the Bulls and what and stuff we have talked about, just their targets and free agency. Our guy, our guy VJ, asked us about veteran free agents. Uh my my guy Chris uh also asked us just like other possible options that they should go after. Uh because we've talked about the big names, we've talked about uh, Lowry, Conley, Lonzo. So we got Kevin in here in the comments talking about Kawhi and which I get the Kawhi thing could be interesting if the Clippers do lose. Like I still, I guess, wouldn't expect Kawhi to leave, but maybe he would, uh, after two like epic playoff failures. But, uh, in case that doesn't happen, which again, I don't think that would have, or I don't think he'd come to the bulls. Uh, I mean, there are some other names out there. Maybe not the biggest names, like I was looking through the free agent list recently, and like especially if the Bulls may if they stay over the cap, if they're only using the, like uh, looking to use the mid level exception guys like that. I Man, we've talked about guys like Dinwiddie. I'm, I mean, I don't know if he'll, I don't know. I mean, these guys might even be too big for mid level. But even if they use some cap space, uh, I mean, like Dinwiddie, we've talked about a little bit. Uh, Devonte. Somebody asked us about Devonte Graham. it's Oliver asked us about Devonte Graham, uh, which we've also talked about him a little bit as well because Graham. Graham is decent like I feel like his overall efficiency isn't great the guy can can get buckets I mean he, oh he's almost seems like just like a slightly better passing version of Kobe White Devontae is a pretty good passer um I mean just looking at, I was just like listing all these other names these free agent names there's like Norman Powell Tim Hardaway Jr. Gary Trent Jr. I mean D Rose will be out there in free agency uh okay, Kelly Oubre Jr. some of it also comes back to like do they should they target a point guard? Should they target a wing? Which is stuff we have talked about before. I believe somebody else asked that as well, is that. Well, what's like current position? Uh, what should the Bulls be focusing on in free agency? So looking at some of the oh, Schroeder, Kevin is also bringing up Schroeder. Who yeah, Schroeder has been awful in the playoffs. I haven't talked. I, I meant to bring this up. Thank you, Kevin, for bringing this up. Uh, Schroeder's been so bad. He put up a goose egg in game in game five. And like I know he's looking for a ton of money. I'm not sure, like, I mean, he's been bad. He has tanked his value. Like, I'm not really sure how much he'll be, he'll actually get. Like, he want, He turned down the $84 million extension from the Lakers. I think he wants, like, $90 million. I, mean, he's, I cannot imagine he's getting that. So just, like, looking, yeah, Dylan, yes, yeah, so he did ex- decline a big extension. Uh, so, like, looking at, looking at, like, him, some of these lesser names, like, I mean, would Dennis Shooter really do much for me if the Bulls can get him for cheap? uh like I'm, i guess like he'd be okay as like a cheaper option but like again we've seen him like i don't want to like judge him too much on like a, a sample size like guys have bad series when I mean, jimmy Buller had a terrible series julius randall had a bad series but i mean Schroeder has looked really really bad here in this series so i'm just looking another name will barton he was one of the guys i'd written down Looking at some of these i guess just like maybe lower tier free agents ricky if the bulls aren't looking to spend big is there anybody that really catches your eye there
3: I don't have anyone on the free agent list right now that I'm looking at. Uh, I would have to pull it up and think about that. But I do have a list of just the highest salaried players in the league. And thinking about some guys who maybe their teams might want to move off of if the playoff round doesn't go the way they want it to. CJ McCollum. Like, Are the Blazers really just going to keep running this back in perpetuity until it's over? I don't know what the Bulls could give the Blazers for someone like CJ, but... You know, I think that Portland is going to have to consider moving off of him uh, if they lose in the first round of the playoffs, so that's interesting. Uh, You know, we've talked about DeRozan a few times. Yeah. The free agent. I think DeRozan could be a decent little, like, two-year stopgap because he's really turned himself into, like, a lead initiator. Uh, He's mostly a ball handler and, like, a point guard now. So if you could get him on a two-year deal to match the timeline that Vucevic is signed for. I think that would be interesting. And, you know, DeRozan would be decent for a team like the Knicks, too, who also have money to spend this offseason. They have similar holes to the one the Bulls do. So uh, that's a name that's been catching my eye. I've brought up Malcolm Brogdon in the past before. We've talked about Siakam in the past before. Siakam, you know, for the next three years, he's averaging about $35 million a year if the Raptors want to rebuild. Uh, you know what place does Siakam have with them, but we ha- uh, I, there's just like not a ton of like obvious moves for the Bulls to make, which I think is what makes it such an interesting offseason. Like we had no idea what Karnezovis was doing when he did all the trade deadline deals, landing Vucevic, trading two first round picks, uh, and then also doing the other big deal, getting Tice, getting Troy Brown, sending out Gafford and Hutchison uh, so, I think that we're going into this off season kind of flying blind. I saw that Stefan No did a mock off season with Larry and Chris, who we had on the podcast a couple weeks ago, and all of their uh, like you know their mock off season. It was not like super substantial changes. Like Chris, I think had him getting Lonzo, and the other two just sort of had the Bulls uh, making more like moves around the edges than landing a big fish. So. It's going to be really interesting because I think obviously Karnaschovas is pretty desperate to get a talent infusion on the team and to try to give him a chance to, you know, be the Hawks or the Knicks of next year and make a big jump up the standings. But, dude, they're just in a tough spot. Like, I don't really know who you can get or what you really have to trade at this
1: point. So another another few names I have written down here. I just literally went through down like like the free agent list. list, Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Let's see. We mentioned... Will Barton in here. I mentioned Gary Trent Jr. Uh, we got Dragic and Nunner. Go we'll both to be friends. Uh, we can look at the Lakers. And uh, should they go after like THT? Or, THT maybe. Uh, Caruso? Caruso. Uh, they might have to choose between one of them. I, I'm sure they'd like to keep both. But like bring THT home. I don't know how much it's going to take to get him. But he hasn't been playing much in this series. But I mean, I mean that's like a gamble I think that would be worth taking. For a young guy who has shown some promise. Like why not? And I feel like you, they could, they could have drafted Did they? Did he go after Gafford in the draft? Yeah. took Gafford over him. Yeah. I mean, Gafford has obviously become pretty good. With, and there was a question about him later. We'll get to, and he, uh, few to current, uh, I don't know. What did Scott Brooks say last night? It's getting Daniel Gafford is like getting a top five pick in this, in the draft. Fucking goofy ass quote. But, uh, yeah, I mean, THD, I think would be super interesting. I, I Crusoe Uh, would You're be going to have really... obviously like if he <laughs> basically be taking Arch's spot and like Caruso's pretty damn good. TJ McConnell's a free agent, Alec Burks, uh Bullock, Bruce Brown, or some other names I looked at. I mean, these are all guys playing like key roles on playoff teams. Like uh like and the Bulls could use guys like that with experience uh two way got two way type players wing wing slash point guard like if we're looking at like more of the bargain guys like i think we're looking in that kind of area and i think those guys could all help i mean we t- we complained about uh guy the end of the roster for so long like adding those types of guys to the end would be or to the end of the rotation at least would be much better than arch and denzel valentine and guys like that so uh, at least some interesting names out there. If the Bulls are like looking to use their mid-level, using or uh, like the room exception, anything like that. Again, a guy like THT will, will cost more than that. Some of these ve- veterans uh, will be a bit more than that. But uh, at least some possible options out there for for cheaper options. In uh, the Bulls almost signed to Berks in the off-season.
3: Uh, okay. That was reported by someone that Burks was like seriously weighing an offer from the Bulls. Oh, yeah. up- right, I forgot. about it. So, yeah, I mean, Burks is a pretty good player. I would not mind just doing some bargain bin shopping. Uh, you know, And when I brought up the Marcus Smart thing, too, it's like one thing that's been going through my head. I love Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart makes, I think, $14 million a year. But the question is, like, can you find Marcus Smart level production at just a way cheaper cost? And just in terms of managing the salary cap, like you probably want to get, Uh, You know, you don't want a lot of mid-level contracts. Like a $14 million contract is kind of tough because, of course, it's a good player. But like someone like Bruce Brown is probably giving you similar production to Marcus Smart or, you know, he's at least a somewhat similar player for just a fraction of the price. Uh, So what you want to do is stack your cap sheet with big contracts for superstars and then try to go, you know, bargain shopping for guys who can outperform their salary slot at the other spots, uh, that's something the Bulls are going to have to think about. THT in particular, like, I don't know, are you going to throw THT four years, 60 million? Is kind of like, not, a, I, not like, that much, I don't think. That's a lot. 50 million? Like, I think that's what it would take to get him, probably. Maybe I am totally delusional about this, and you can get him for 20 or 30 million total. Uh, But I know that his contract is weird. It's capped at like the biggest offer sheet he could receive is like 80 million, uh, which I certainly don't think he's going to get that much money. Really interesting to see what THT gets this summer. And yeah, I do think that he's someone the Bulls should keep an eye on.
2: you won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: If you love listening to us here on Cash Considerations, a Bulls podcast, what's stopping you from grabbing a mic and starting your own show? And there's no better place to host than Blue Wire Hustle, Hustle is created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all their listening platforms. And the best part is you can get all this for only $15 a month. It's the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So if you're ready to do more than just listening to us talk about your favorite team, then make your voice heard in Hustle. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com join. Please check out the description box in this episode to find out more. But again, that's bwhustle.com slash join. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Dylan here asked about Evan Fournier. I had him written down. I mean, Fournier's pretty good, but uh, I feel like they'd have to pay him a decent amount. I don't know if he – I mean, he would give more offense. The Bulls need more offense, and he's a wing. I, I think he'd probably just cost maybe a bit too much maybe for what like other – I don't know. I, I'd be – I mean, I think of would look into him. Like He's pretty good, but I don't know if he's like good enough for the Bulls to pay, like, pay up a decent amount of money for him. Um Let's move on to, Let's. I mentioned the Gafford thing. We had a question here from, this is at Sianis Infectional. Like, which current, as of the end of the season, bull is most poised for a Cameron Payne slash Daniel Gafford glow up in the future if they find the right situation? How much is you happy for these guys versus frustrated they didn't find success with the bulls? Um, I'm assuming this means that like a bull who will leave or maybe a guy who could just glow up in general with the bulls. I mean, if we're hoping about a guy with like the Bulls, like I'm thinking about a Troy Brown Jr. type of player, uh, some like a young player who just hasn't really gotten that chance. I, th- I mean, he's probably the obvious one, or I guess Lowry could really be the obvious one.
3: Lowry um, and Kobe were the two yeah. guys.
1: Lowry, Lowry is the definite obvious one. I'm just disappointing if he goes somewhere else. Maybe he finds a team with a better point guard, and that just really helps him blow up something like that. Like I mentioned, maybe Troy Brown Jr. whether that's with the Bulls or with not. Kobe, like you mentioned as well that possibly I mean, we'll see what happens with Kobe. Lowry, Lowry is probably the obvious one. And then Troy Brown Jr. as well. Uh, in terms of like happiness versus frustrated, I mean, I, I can't be, I, I'm not frustrated by Cameron Payne. Cameron Payne was terrible with the Bulls. They weren't, they couldn't wait around for him. Uh, he bounced around in like the G League. He like, he went to China. Like he he was with the Cavs. Uh, like he he was not going to be good with the Bulls. They couldn't wait around for him. It is an incredible story that he is as good as he is right now. Good for him. He's in a great situation playing behind Chris Paul, playing for a good coach in Monty Williams, and Gafford as well. Like Gafford's also in a great spot. We've talked a lot about Gafford. Uh, like I saw people talking about the Bulls giving up on Gafford. I don't think the Bulls gave up on Gafford. They he was okay with the Bulls. Uh, they they wanted a veteran who would help them win that more with Daniel Tyson. They got a young guy in Troy Brown Jr. I'm totally fine with the trade. Uh, our guy Matt at Bloggable, who we had on our on the pod last week, did write a good thing about how the Bulls' lack of uh, quality ro- roster construction and not getting a good point guard hurt Daniel Gafford this season and hurt the Bulls just because Gaff- Gafford was as we have seen with the Wizards this year, like he blew up because he was playing with Russell Westbrook, Bradley Beal, and Ish Smith, who just threw him lobs and he would dunk the shit out of the ball, and that's like playing his role. Uh, the Bulls didn't really have guys like that who could really take advantage of his skill set like that, so. Am I? I'm definitely. It's, it's. I guess you could say a little more frustrated about Gafford since he was obviously this year, uh, and he showed did show some promise. But I still would make that trade. Uh, just was. I mean, they got good player. They got pretty. Uh, they got a good player in out side of it, even if he is a free agent, and they got another another shot at a young guy with Troy Brown Jr. Dude, I love the idea
3: in the comments. D'Anthony Melton. D'Anthony Melton is exactly the type of guy the Bulls need because he's just a great defensive player. So he's under contract for the next three seasons at $8 million a year. He didn't get a lot of playing time this year, but he did have a couple big playoff games. So I don't know if the Grizzlies view Melton as a long-term fit for them. Uh, You know, he he had the one big game, I guess, in Game 4. He went off for 15 points. I would love to swing a trade for Melton, but I don't really know what you could give the Grizzlies – for him to entice them, like maybe they would take Kobe. Would you trade Kobe for Melton? That would be a trade I would seriously think about from the Bulls' perspective. Uh, Melton, to me, feels like he could really break out in a better situation. Like He shot 41% from three this year on four attempts per game. Uh, Only played 20 minutes a game this season. If they could find a way to get him, I would love that. The Grizzlies are a pretty smart team, though. I don't really view them as someone who's just going to give away Melton, but you know, $8 million a year, it is that type of mid-level contract where, uh, you know, maybe you would rather have a guy with some more scoring upside, maybe a guy like Kobe still on his rookie-scale deal. Kobe for DeAnthony Melton, this might be my new favorite <laughs> big trade of the offseason. I kind of love it.
1: I feel like I'd need at least a bit more. I know Kobe just hasn't been that good, but, I mean, Melton, I'd have to look up his numbers. I know you said he had the big game. He's had some promise. I feel like he's like an NBA... I feel like the whole Grizzlies roster, is just like NBA Twitter or draft Twitter faves with totally that entire roster uh he just really hasn't shown it that much there yet from what i can tell like i said i don't i haven't watched the grizzlies that closely but i i I know people were hyping him up the other day so i feel like i would need at least a little more to pull off that trade right now uh but it's interesting at least just uh try something different if a guy that would need a new maybe new a new home and he would he could break out with the bulls that it's at least super interesting definitely something to think about uh let's go to the next question here's a good one this is from at catalonia cnt uh, he asked about the 2018 draft class, basically if the Bulls played it too safe. In the, in, basically in these last few years when they've been drafting, they get Lowry in 2017. You get they sucked and then got they got unlucky not, uh, with that whole I think the t- coin flip or whatever. So they didn't move up. The Kings moved up I think instead of them. So they did they weren't in position for Luca. But you, arguably they could have tried to trade up for Luka or Trey Young. And then 2019 they get Kobe at seven or whatever. Basically the his question is. The Bulls played too safe in those few years, Uh, and even then, like, staying where they were. Like, 2018, like, they passed on what? They passed on on MPJ, they passed on Michael Porter Jr., which obviously Porter had the back injuries, but, I mean, we see Michael Porter Jr. now has become one of the more efficient scorers in the NBA. I know he has his flaws still, but, I mean, he's still young and just one of the, probably the best shooters in the NBA at this point. Like, the upside, we knew that was an upside thing. I was fine with like this the safe Wendell swing. I know you were a Wendell guy, but like he hasn't really shown much and Porter looks like a possible star. Shea is a legit star player, and I think he's what twenty-two, twenty-three. Um I mean even the twenty seventeen draft, I think I mean they drafted Lowry over guys like Mitchell over Bam. Uh so do you think the Bulls played it too safe, those years when they, they sucked and they come out of they come out of those few years with what they came out with?
3: Yeah, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, but obviously it was a huge missed opportunity for the Bulls, right? Like, they just threw away those seasons to tank, and they didn't come away with any long-term players for the franchise. And maybe Kobe will develop into that. Maybe Patrick Williams will develop into that. But the Lowry pick was obviously a brutal pick. I didn't like it at the time, but I wanted Dennis Smith or Malik Monk, who also haven't looked very good Uh, As you alluded to, Donovan Mitchell, who I love Donovan Mitchell coming out of that draft, if anyone remembers the draft work I was doing on him at the time, and uh, Bam have ended up being great players. And then 18 is really what stings. Like, I was totally in support of Wendell, but man, dude, like, watching Trey Young now, like, I know that he went two picks ahead of him, I think, but if they could have came out of that draft with Trey Young, the franchise just looks totally different right now. Uh, MPJ, like, I thought it was too big of an injury risk at the time. I thought MPJ had too many flaws in his game. But I think I just overlooked just how dynamic that combination of size and shooting is. I'm really happy for MPJ's success. He's awesome. Uh, I think that he's in a perfect situation playing off Jokic. Not totally sure if he would have been able to replicate that success without a point guard in Chicago. But uh, certainly he would have been a better pick than Wendell. That's a no-brainer. And Shea, just a total stud. So... Yeah, dude, those years killed the Bulls, absolutely killed the Bulls. And, you know, we'll see what happens in the 19 draft. I know that some people were getting really upset that the Bulls passed on Tyler Hero last year in the bubble. He sucks. (laughs) Back down this year. So, you know, there's still a long time for a lot of this stuff to play out. But 17 and 18 look like gigantic missed opportunities.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, we had a few random questions here, moving off basketball. Let me pull them up again. We had somebody ask about uh, I'm not I'm not really a, uh, I don't really play basketball that much anymore. I know you sometimes do, Ricky. Or I, I don't know how much you're into like the shoe game. At Tristan Gray asks us, what current basketball shoe do you like to play in? Would you like to play in? Do you have any anything? Are you into that stuff at all? I know I used to like as a kid, I always loved looking at the Jordan, Jordan shoes. Uh, and do you as in, basically as, do, are you into the any of that? Yeah. Stuff? So, How much do you play? I, I guess we haven't been able to play much, obviously, over the last year. But are you looking forward to getting back in the, in the dude, again?
3: Bro. Cannot wait. The pandemic robbed my age 33 season from me. I feel like I only got so many good years left in the tank. But, yeah, I've been playing pickup every week. We have a scheduled Monday night run. I've been doing it for, I don't know, five, six, seven years at this point. I've made, you know, it's mostly my friends from high school, but we have expanded it out. Just like random Twitter bros at times, made some new friends doing it that way. Uh, In terms of the shoes I play in, I use the, like... The shoe companies used to send me free shit. They stopped doing that because I didn't want to, like, give them promotion for free stuff. But I still have some shoes, and I just play in those shoes. I got whatever the 2016 Olympic men's basketball shoes were. They might be, like, the Hyperdunk or something. It's a Nike shoe, white shoe. I play in that often, and then I played in a Jordan brand three-on-three league, and they gave me some Jordans that aren't, like, specific Jordan shoes. They're just kind of, like uh just like sort of a generic jordan brand shoe that i play in that's really comfortable so i would say i really like the jordan brand shoes the nike hyperdunks or whatever those are are really good and also i think if you're going to buy a signature player shoe it seems like the kyries are the best they're the most affordable and they're they just seem to be a really good shoe my buddy bobby got the kyrie 2s i think uh and they just look like a quality shoe so just from you know playing with people who have bought shoes? It seems like Kyrie's are the ones to go for if you want to get some signature shoes.
1: Nice. Yeah, I, I offered nothing here. I'm, I got no knowledge on the shoe game. I know it's, you know it's crazy. I read some stuff about it, but I got, I got nothing here. But I thought that was an interesting question. Uh, last question here. We're gonna go to, to, we're gonna turn to Major League Baseball here for our final question. Uh, we have two first place teams here in Chicago with the Cubs and the White Hell Sox. Yeah. It's been a lot of fun, even if uh, I know. Kevin made a comment about Tony La Russa earlier and how he's a piece of shit. We've obviously mentioned that before, but the White Sox are an awesome team. They're super fun, and the Cubs have been awesome lately, too. Uh, this question was from at TD Mollusk about the, the, City, the City Connect jerseys, which the White Sox look, announced the South Side jerseys that they released. I think that was last week. Uh, those look pretty dope. They have not announced the Cubs version yet. The question is, do you like the way MLB introduces their special uniforms? Do you prefer how the NBA does it, announcing everything before the season starts? Uh, I guess I would like... I, I'm Just because I'm impatient, I guess I kind of like just seeing them all when they start and then just like, whatever, I can go buy it if I want or something. Not that I really... Buy many baseball jerseys at this point, any point, but uh, but I also do understand why they want to like keep the intrigue up, and they kind of, they've been announcing them over the course of the season. So uh, I guess also, Ricky, do you like those the South Side jerseys?
3: You know, everyone loves them. I do think they're cool. I love that it says South Side on the front. I think they're solid jerseys, uh, but I love the White Sox typical uniforms just their standard uniforms i think are arguably the best in baseball love the logo love the hat so i don't really love the new hat on these uniforms it says shy across the front uh i, I do like the idea of the jersey saying "Southside." i think that's awesome but the hat i think could be improved a little bit so i would give those jerseys like a solid probably a b plus a minus i think they're good for sure uh I don't know if they're, like, totally amazing. Part of me thinks they could be a little bit better, but they're good, no doubt. It's a cool jersey, and the reaction they've gotten from them is mostly been super positive from what I've seen. So, well done on that, White Sox. Uh, and, you know, I think the Bulls also, I love the Bulls classic jersey. So,
1: Oh, yeah, so do I.
3: So, you know, I don't think the Bulls need a bunch of alternates, but— Whenever you see, like, you know, fans mock up the alternates, they're usually pretty dope. The Bulls have had some bad ones. Like, there was, wasn't was there a baby blue jersey a couple of years ago? Yeah, that one was awful. That was pretty brutal. The Chicago Theater one that they wore this year, the one that was influenced by the Chicago Theater, uh, that one grew on me a little bit. I don't it was know, all right.
1: I didn't hate it. It was fine.
3: Yeah, it was like a B minus to me, a yeah. B minus. B-. So, yeah, I'm always excited for New Jersey's. And seeing what they can do, but uh yeah, I, I think I just favor the traditional. I don't know why.
1: Yeah, I mean the classic Bulls jerseys are awesome. I did like like the pinstripe ones they've been going with the last couple of years like the black one like the the Jordan brand jersey they had this year with the the pinch black with pinstripes was cool also just cuz it had the Jordan brand logo i know all the teams had that they had the special Jordan brand uh jerseys this season uh, i really i really like those i i picked up a Levine one this season that's so uh i thought those are kind of cool uh i guess we have one more question here from kevin if you got we real quick here who are some 80s and 90s nba players with personality that would make a good cameo candidate for my dad's birthday uh, I don't know, like Dennis Rodman. <laughs>
3: um, Not 80s or 90s, but the first guy I'm thinking of is nocione Could we get Noceoni <laughs> on Cameo? That would make any Bulls fans heart smile. Brad Miller would be another good one uh, for a Bulls fan. So. You could
1: always get Stacey King. I'm sure uh, he'll do something goofy for you. Oh, John Sally. That's actually, John John Sally's great. Bad Boy. Was, it, was he in Bad Boys too? Was that the movie he was in? I feel like he was in those Bad Boys movies. <laughs> John yeah.
3: Sally really good one uh trying to think of some more but cedric sabalos is a thing <laughs> to throw out there how about the glove give me gary payton i think i've talked to gary payton before he was one of the best interviews i've done he was really cool to talk to uh a little later but someone like stephen jackson would be good if you talking 80s 90s maybe oakley oh oakley? yeah there you go yeah charles oakley could be solid wow gary payton's asking 625 bucks oh. for a cameo Wow. Uh, I guess
1: that's not surprising. Yeah. (laughs) Man, it's a big deal. (laughs) Get Kwame, Kwame Brown to do it. I know he's not, he's, he's been going on his crazy, uh, crazy rants these days. Maybe he could do something entertaining. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. Those are some good options there. Oh man. All right. I think we should probably wrap it up here. That was good stuff. Thank you guys for all the comments. Thanks to everybody out there for all the questions as always. Uh, this will be up on our podcast feed later. If you just caught some of this, you want to hear the whole thing. Uh I'll probably be up on it later tonight. I guess tonight uh, you'll be listening. Probably this will probably be up after the games tonight. What is the hell the game? We have the Lakers obviously tonight. I mean, by the time you listen to this, the Lakers could maybe be eliminated from the playoffs, which would be absolutely wild. Uh, we don't know if AD is playing yet. Again, this we'll find that out later. And then Denver Portland's the game, the first game tonight. Again, this will probably be up on on the feed later after that so there should hopefully should be a couple good games um oh my god dennis robbins 750 on this cameo. i think that's unbelievable but uh as always thanks again for everybody uh chiming in with your questions with your comments and all that good stuff as always shout out to the blue wire network with the playoffs in full swing go check out all the great podcasts nba podcasts across the blue wire network and just all the great podcasts in general Uh, i think we just we just got a new deal with i think chris carter's coming aboard uh we have like a ken Griffey jr podcast uh we have the great spinsters podcast nba podcast and all the other great NBA podcast out there as well so shout out to the Wire Network for us here at Cash Considerations uh, please rate and review us give us your 5 star ratings, give us your comments uh, we're on Apple uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play all those good places, you know where to find us on Twitter, I'm at Bulls underscore J Ricky is at SBN underscore Ricky um, and also shout out to Blue Wire Hustle, great Blue Wire program we have for uh, up and coming podcasters uh, so this has been uh, Chase and Ricky at Cash Considerations, we'll talk to you guys next time